Good evening and welcome to Plan Lehigh Valley. Once again, let's welcome our co-host Becky Bradley, its Executive Director of the Lehigh Valley Planning Commission, and Matt Assad, its Managing Editor. Welcome, Becky and Matt. Tonight, we focus... Uh, hey, how you doing? Yeah, hey, tonight we focus on the $4.39 billion long-range transportation plan that serves as a blueprint on how the region will maintain its transportation network over the next 25 years. We're fortunate to have as our guest, Brian Hare, who is a 34-year PennDOT professional who started as a civil engineer, but has worked his way through the ranks to become the state's director of the Center for Program Development and Management. In that capacity, he's in charge of the state's long-range transportation plan, the 12-year program, its comprehensive freight movement plan, and the PennDOT Connects program. Prior to working in the Program Center, Brian served various roles in project delivery at PennDOT, including the Design Services Division Chief and Highway Quality Assurance Division Chief. All of these have direct connections to our transportation network here in the Lehigh Valley. So let's say welcome, Brian Hare. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Matt, we're talking about the region's long-range transportation plan. Can you give a summary of what that is and why it's being updated now. So uh, it's sort of a 25 year roadmap on how we intend to maintain and enhance the transportation network. Uh, this particular plan includes more than 600 road bridges, trails, transit and community projects. It's not exactly a budget, but it is based on the money we expect to get from the state and federal and local sources between now and 2050. As they like to say, uh, it's it's fiscally constrained, which means uh, we can't schedule out any money unless we expect the money to be available that year. Uh, in other words, this is not a wish list. It's it's an actual plan. It's broken into short, medium, and long-range timeframes. And overall, we're talking about five billion dollars over twenty-five years. That includes the three point the 4.39 you talked about, which is the regional funding. And then there's several hundred million in other state and federal grant money, as well as some money specifically targeted for the interstate. Uh, so a very complex plan with a lot of money mapped out between now and 2050. And the reason we're doing it now is we have to update the plan every four years. And we updated it in 2019 as part of future LV. So the time has come. Matt, can you tell me what might be in that plan that uh, people might not, not even be thinking about? 25 years is a long, long uh, stretch. I mean, is there electric car stuff in there? And I mean, what do you, where's your head go on this stuff? It's all sorts of things. There's electric cars, there's trails, there's there's sort of the electric electrification network, sort of putting the network out to sort of charge the electric cars. There are uh, the usual roads and bridges. Um, but there are community projects, too, like projects designed to make uh, intersections safer and projects designed to sort of re reduce congestion. There's even line items in there to redu reduce uh, pollution and, and carbon emissions. So it, it kind of runs the gamut of many things. Becky went to Harrisburg earlier this year to make an argument that this region deserved more money. Tell us about the argument. Well, as part of the, the PennDOT planning partners, which is something I really think is important to complement the Pennsylvania Department of Transportation on, they bring together all of the metropolitan planning organizations and rural planning organizations across the state. 
Um, and they have a financial guidance work group. And so it's all of us getting together, talking about um, how we're going to allocate out state and federal resources to the regions. Um, and so we participate on that group, along with a number of other MPOs or metropolitan planning organizations and rural planning organizations. Um, and so part of it is formulaic based on a series of measures that the federal government has for population growth. And as we all know, this is a growing region. There's some new funding sources that uh, certain uh, areas are eligible for. And then, you know, we also talk about like how we can reasonably cover the needs of the state overall. Uh, and because of our growth and because of the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, or what everyone calls the bipartisan infrastructure law, that's provided an opportunity for our region to uh, gain more access to uh, federal and uh, matching state resources. So, um, you know, it's it's well over a, a billion dollars of additional resources coming to the region estimated over the next 25 years. Uh, and again, you do that in partnership uh, with the people at the state. And I should should also mention the U.S. Department of Transportation is uh, a key player in, in, in that as well. And I know Brian Hare has uh, more insight on that, pro uh, that process, too, because he's a, a key uh, player in that. But I don't think people realize how collaborative it actually is in Pennsylvania in terms of figuring out what the needs are and then figuring out how we can fund those needs with the resources that we have. Brian, when I was looking through your bio, uh, you're originally, uh, or, or I should say you went to school to become an engineer, right? That is correct. Yep. And it must be interesting to go from engineering to uh, in the middle of the mix of how things are distributed. And, and it must be a little bit difficult trying to figure out where things go and where the puzzles fit. Is it? It, it absolutely is. Unlike engineering school, where uh, there's a lot of clear science behind uh, the mechanics in, in uh, engineering uh, program management that we work in here at, at PennDOT in the program center, it's not quite as, as well defined. It's, it's more of an art form. And as Becky, and I appreciated Becky's comments, it really requires a lot of collaboration with a lot of different partners, both at the U.S. DOT level, the state level, as well as with our planning partners in the region. So we've certainly appreciated having Becky Bradley and her team at the Planning Commission work with us in developing things like our, our financial guidance that Becky talked about. And, and I could certainly talk more about as we move ahead. Becky, how'd we do? How'd you do? Did we get more money? Yeah. You know, our 25-year budget went from about $2.3 billion to give or take up to, you know, four. Uh, over four billion. Now, some of that isn't necessarily just financial guidance, but it also speaks to something that I'm hoping Brian Hare can talk a little bit more about. But the state's 12-year program, because there's a regional allocation, and we're going through the update of where we'd like to invest uh, those resources over the next 25 years. But the state also has a process, and they call it the TYP or the 12-year program. And that includes some significant investments in our region as well. And so overall, then that actually is well over $5 billion worth of investment to the region. So it's not just the regional allocation, but it's this partnership, again, um, with state resources in addition to the ones that are allocated out through the region. 
I should also mention too, Brian Hare is a member of our Lehigh Valley Transportation Study. Um, he's on our coordinating committee. And so uh, that committee actually um, adopts and recommends to USDOT the Long Range Transportation Plan. So he sits with us all the time, month after month, year after year, coordinating and collaborating the state's investments along with ours. So Brian, how does this process filter down from the statewide level into our region? Yeah, happy, happy to talk about that. And I will say I'm thrilled to be coordinating, sitting on the coordinating committee with the uh, Lehigh Valley Transportation Study. So Becky, I, I absolutely appreciate that opportunity. But yeah, just to get back and to touch on some of the points that, that Becky raised as well. In the case of Pennsylvania, we are guided by a host, like other states, of state and federal laws and regulations. And with respect to transportation funding, uh, state law that created PennDOT back in 1970 also requires PennDOT to maintain that 12-year program that Becky mentioned earlier. And that's essentially the state's transportation priorities for highways, bridges, and other transportation-related assets. But in addition to that state requirement, federal law requires all states to develop a statewide transportation improvement program. That's the four years of priority transportation improvement projects. So that means in the case of Pennsylvania, the first four years of that 12-year program, that becomes the, the, the four-year transportation improvement program. We call it the state transportation, statewide transportation improvement program, or STIP. And, and as, as it's kind of identified or, or noted earlier, the 12-year program and the state transportation program is actually comprised of 23 regional transportation improvement programs or TIPs in Pennsylvania. Those are the 23 planning regions like the Lehigh Valley Transportation Study that updates and manages their regional plans. So with that state law, we're required to update every two years, which means the STIP, the federal requirement is also updated every two years. That's the first four years. And with that two-year update, that's where we get into that financial guidance process that, that we have mentioned a couple of times already. That's really identifying the available revenues as well as that funding distribution strategy. It forms the foundation of developing that next update of those programs. And again, it's not just PennDOT sitting in central office. We try to be very collaborative. So that two-year process, the financial work group process, involves state folks, federal folks, our regional partners, including Becky. Thank you, Becky. And we meet over several months to develop those funding strategies and priorities for each of those pro program updates every two years. Right now, we're in the process of developing the 2025 program update. So in reality, as far as how the process works, we collaboratively work on the guidance. We send that out to our regional planning partners who then filter back priority projects. They best understand the priorities and the issues within their region and local transportation needs. Then those transportation needs come back to us and then we create that statewide transportation improvement program. Then that also becomes part of our state required 12 year transportation program. I see a, a significant amount of money, uh, nearly $700 million is being targeted for Interstate 78. Brian, can you talk about the state's priority regarding interstates? I absolutely can. We spend a lot of time in here talking about our, our interstate program. And by way of background, if I could, Pennsylvania is served by a network of uh, roughly 1,870 linear miles of interstate highways across the Commonwealth. And that's actually the fourth largest network of interstates in the country. And while the interstates in Pennsylvania only comprise 6% of total state-owned roadway mileage, 
those interstates accommodate 24% of all traffic volume. And obviously the interstate network is vital for moving people and for the movement of goods within and through Pennsylvania. And I have to note that we were just reminded over the last several years of how vital that supply chain is and how vital the interstate system is to keeping that supply chain moving. So with respect to funding, uh, while much of our capital program is distributed among our planning partners that I talked about earlier, PennDOT centralized planning functions for the interstate system back in roughly 2007 so that it could really be addressed more as one strategic asset across the Commonwealth. And that means that financial guidance that was mentioned includes specific funding to be used exclusively to maintain our interstate system in a state of good repair all across Pennsylvania. And we've, we've talked about it before. I'll note again, we make a lot of decisions by committee at PennDOT. And with respect to interstate management, that's no different. In 2015, we formed an interstate steering committee. It's comprised of essentially design, construction, and maintenance engineers from across the department who really do the consultation in making interstate project selection decisions. And I, I have to note and kind of wrapping this comment up, our interstate steering committee does strive to make the project selection process as data-driven as possible. And what does that mean? Well, we, we have an enormous amount of bridge condition and pavement condition data. And the challenge of that interstate steering committee is that we attempt to make the most cost-effective decisions based on that data to make sure that we're spending every interstate dollar as effectively as we can. When you say data, where does it come from? We have a tremendous amount of inspection teams that are out. Weather permitting, you may have seen folks out on our bridges across the Commonwealth, 25,000 roughly bridges across the Commonwealth that, that, that are inspected on a routine basis. There's a tremendous amount of pavement data that's inspected on a a regular basis. And that's all entered into various systems. And the challenge then as we move ahead is is understanding what that data is really telling us. And then most importantly, making the most cost-effective decisions on that data so that again, the funding is limited, just like my budget at home is limited. Our PennDOT budget is very limited. So we really do need to be as strategic as possible to make the best decisions as possible based on that data. So, Brian, you're also in charge of the statewide PennDOT Connects program that gives communities a greater role in the projects slated for their neighborhoods. How does that work? And I understand. Yeah, it's well, been, I appreciate Yeah, it's been successful uh, here in the Lehigh Valley. I appreciate you asking that. And this gets back kind of down to the project level, or I'll say the community level. PennDOT started our Connects initiative, I'll say a little over six years ago now, and it really was an effort to engage local communities in a conversation about proposed projects before we initiate that design or the engineering on those projects. And, and quite simply, it's, it's an opportunity to meet with local officials during project planning, listen to their transportation concerns regarding a proposed project under area. Those local officials, they understand their communities much better than PennDOT ever could. So those concerns, you know, they could be related to a variety of issues. It could be pedestrian accessibility, bikeability, connections to public transportation, or often those concerns are related to stormwater management in, in a lot of communities. So the point is that we begin that conversation early to help our PennDOT planners and our engineers better understand all the transportation problems, including community-related concerns that might be able to be addressed through our future project. And unfortunately, again, limited funding means that we can't address all the concerns, but the premise is that if we identify those community-related concerns and issues earlier in the process, 
that'll greatly increase our opportunity to incorporate enhancements that would otherwise be missed. And, and you mentioned PennDOT Connects, and I have to note that we not only encourage sound planning at the community level, we actually provide a small amount of funding each year to communities to actually conduct planning studies. And I'm happy to say our first PennDOT Connects planning study was a freight study that Becky conducted right there here in the, in the Lehigh Valley. So thank you, Becky, for that. Yeah, Brian, well, thank I, you. Um, I to, just, I just, to your point, too, about the maybe not being able to address all the concerns in every project because of the limits on the money. One of the really nice things that's come out of the PennDOT Connects process, because you know we also participate along with the community in those, is that it helps us then identify when competitive grants come up, whether it's through transportation alternative set aside, which often helps with like pedestrian, bike safety, things of that nature. It helps us identify those types of concerns. Um, is sometimes you just don't know those exist unless you know you get out there and, and talk with the community. And then we can get people in line to receive additional funds. So if we didn't have PennDOT Connects, we would be doing far less. And now that we do have PennDOT Connects, the process alone is yield better results, but it also can uh, yield even more results. And so we always have to think about, you know, what can we do today, but then, you know, what else needs to be done tomorrow? And it allows us to start to have those real planning conversations based on specific projects. Becky, back to the long-range plan, what are some of the more recognizable projects on the list? You mentioned a couple right there, but what else would... Bring it home to our listener. There are so many on there. There's over 600. I think Matt had mentioned that earlier, but there's $923.8 million uh, for maintaining and in some cases connecting ramp structures and potentially even widening sections of Route 22. I would like to note, and this is important regarding Route 22, the LVPC or LVTS back, I want to say almost 20 years ago now, did this uh, Route 22 tomorrow study. And that kind of outlined what the future transportation needs of Route 22 were going to be. And that kind of served as the basis of how Route 22 has been maintained and evolved over time based on the actual financial resources that are available. Obviously, you can't do everything. And, and one of the things that I think is important to understand is, you know, in the media, um, and at the time, Matt Assad may have been responsible in his previous group as a reporter really uh, for the headline of um, 22 was being widened. No, I'm just joking with Matt. But um, the truth is, is that was like what was out there is exactly what was going to be done. And there's been a whole series of improvements, including some widening. And that's even through doing things like connecting ramp structures to make it safer to move from, you know, one part of a roadway to a connecting piece of a roadway to reduce congestion. Things like replacing the Lehigh River Bridge over Route 22 over the Lehigh River, paving the shoulder out in western Lehigh County to make it a off-ramp lane, essentially, to make it a little bit safer where the 2278 merges as you go towards the Route 100 interchange. So there's a lot of things that have been done on 22 over the last 20 years. Fullerton Avenue interchange, and there's still some pieces of that that are going to be wrapped up. Those are in the long-range transportation plan as anticipated projects. 
Now we're looking uh, at 191 and what can be done with that interchange since there's been so much growth around that, including freight growth, as well as uh, just population growth in that area. Um, and it's a, a dated type of infrastructure. So there's a lot that's already been done and underway, but there's a collective recognition amongst LVTS members, but also our communities that are along 22, that they'd like an updated strategy. Um, and that's very, very important to do from time to time because, you know, what you thought back in 20 years ago is not necessarily what you think today, though there's pieces that carry forward. But you want to, from time to time, re-examine those strategies and figure out what can be tailored to the funding resources now. So, this... so the long-range transportation plan proposes to put the funding resources in place so we know what those resources are and how much can be allocated. But we do need an updated strategy. And I kind of wanted to give a, a shout out to uh, Secretary Carroll and Larry Shiflett at PennDOT because they worked with us and Senator Nick Miller here in the Lehigh Valley to come up with a funding, a million dollars, actually, that was just announced last week, to come up with that new strategy. And so that'll be happening. And then we'll have the money or at least portions of the money in place to start that next phase of implementation. So I know you asked me, like, what are some of the bigger projects? But everybody talks about 22, right? Because it is our main street, essentially. And so that one you can see the level of complexity that needs to go into these types of uh, infrastructure projects, especially your larger infrastructure that moves more people. Uh, but there's many, many projects like $100 million to reduce traffic congestion and improve air quality, $46 million to reduce carbon emissions. That Route 309 at Center Valley Interchange, there's been a lot of preliminary engineering done on that, but now we got to go towards construction, and that's $70 million. There's $70 million plus for improvements along Route 33 over the life of the plan, and $69 million for the rehabilitation of that iconic hill-to-hill bridge between um, downtown Bethlehem and the south side of Bethlehem. But there's hundreds of smaller and also very vital projects, including improvements to small bridges in every part of the region, technology upgrades such as adaptive traffic signals that'll help with a whole host of things, trail projects, because we have like the DNL trail designated as a commuter corridor and people actually use that to commute, but we need to close some gaps in that and make crossings from the trail across roadways safer. So there's a lot of stuff like that in the plan. Again, over 600 projects. Matt? What have you guys done to get the word out on all this, all the great things that are going on? So we've done a lot. It actually started, I think it started in February. While we were putting the plan together, we went on a bit of a road show uh, to meet with people in all 62 Lehigh Valley municipalities. I think we had 24 meetings in 27 days and, and we met with everybody and they were all public meetings. So anybody could come and sort of talk about their priorities in their community. But we made sure the stakeholders in those communities were out there because they know best on what bridge needs replaced or what road needs needs improved. And the whole point of that was to really learn the priorities of every community. During that period, we also sent out a region-wide questionnaire that was taken by more than a thousand people over about a month's time. And then uh, once we had a draft plan, uh, it went into a 30-day review and comment period, which started September 6th, and it is still in that comment period now. 
that's when we posted it online. Uh, there you can see all 618 projects, uh, where they're located, how much they are expected to cost, and uh, you know when they're expected to be done. Uh, it also includes a pretty cool GIS map where you can just click on a location on the map and it'll bring up the project near there. And there's the details of each project is right there. So also online is a comment box where you can write a comment on the plan. And uh, we also had five public meetings over the past month uh, where people could offer their comments. So we've got a lot of comments so far. And you can find the online offerings at lvpc.org. Uh, there you'll see a, a PowerPoint slide sort of. You can just click on it. It, it takes you right into the page where you can see the plan and the interactive map. And then, and then you can leave a comment until October 6th. Now, there's you can see the plan uh, in person, too, if you'd like. Where can people find the uh, find the plan? Besides the internet. Yes, that's a good point. It's at all of the libraries in Allentown, Bethlehem, and Easton. And it is at the PennDOT office in Allentown. And it is also at, at the LVPC office. Oh, and the Lanta office over in Allentown, right. too. And the Lanta office. Yep. All of those are transit accessible locations. And most of those are fairly walkable and bikeable as well. We wanted to make sure that we were being intentional and making, you know, the plan accessible to everybody. Brian, we have a few minutes left. Is there anything that we've missed that you think might be important to us? Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity. There's just just a couple of things real quick. One, I have to say thank you very much for the opportunity to share just a little bit on the perspectives of statewide transportation planning in, in Pennsylvania. It's, it's not a perfect process, but we continue to strive to improve it. And if Anyone would like to learn more about our range of processes related to statewide transportation planning, please visit www.talkpatransportation.com. All aspects of transportation planning statewide from key partners, the key products, our statewide long range transportation plan, that 12 year program we talked about. It's all out there on talkpatransportation.com. And you can also sign up to stay and get engaged in future statewide planning activities. And finally, Becky, I have to say thank you for all the great work that you have done with your team at the Lehigh Valley Planning Commission, including Matt and others, and not just on your regional long-range transportation plan efforts, but the, all the great work you do in support of regional land use and transportation planning. You guys do great work, and, and we certainly appreciate that at the statewide level. Thank you. Becky, we have a few we minutes appreciate left. appreciate you too, Brian, and all, all, the, all of our buddies at PennDOT. People complain uh, a lot, right? But I don't really think people realize how important you are to making sure that Pennsylvania's economy stays intact by helping our road and bridge network stay maintained and also thinking towards the future and make it, it more technologically advanced and helping with carbon reduction and all of our climate goals and working on you know hazard mitigation. I mean, without PennDOT, we wouldn't be able to get emergency services to where they needed to go or kids to school or to get to our jobs. Um, and so I, I think it's important for people to recognize the value that PennDOT adds. And I just want to thank you for your partnership and for always being um, a phone call away for us for all of these years. And, you know, being such a, a great partner, um, we honestly are very, very privileged to to have you as part, part of what we consider our team. I've lived in a couple different states and Pennsylvania has good roads. I mean, our interstate system is is nice. I mean, you don't have to worry about running over chunks of stuff as a rule. And 
congratulations. It's, it's a, it, the, the road system here is good compared to other states. I don't know if people who travel a lot know that, but uh, they're terrific. Thank you. Greg, my final comment, thank you very much for that. Believe it or not, we don't always hear those kind of comments. So we, we greatly appreciate that. Thank you, sir. You appreciate the opportunity. And with that, we are at the end of our program. Uh, I'd like to thank Becky, of course, Matt, thank you, and Brian here. Thank you very much for being on our program this evening. Yeah. Thank you all. You've been listening to Plan Lehigh Valley on WDIY 88.1 FM, streaming on WDIY.org and on the WDIY app. I'm your host, Greg Caponia. Have a great evening. If you enjoyed this program, please go to the WDIY website or app to share or become a WDIY member.